This episode of Seawolf Pod was recorded Thursday, May 17th, 2018. As such, some things may have changed since then. For the latest updates, visit seawolfpod.com, where you can keep up on Seawolf's rugby news through Seawolf Pod social media and blog. Last, please be aware, I do not censor this podcast in the interest of time, so it may contain explicit content. Here's the show. This is Seawolf Pod. Welcome to Seawolf Pod, the Major League Rugby podcast for Seattle Seawolves fans presented by SeawolfPod.com. I'm your host, Raymond Torkelson. Let's talk some Seawolves rugby. Good afternoon, Wolf Pod. Today, I am bringing you a new piece of content, your first PM hunt. And what we're going to do here is go through... um, we're going to go through the Seawolves commentary um, from Earful of Dirt in their most recent episode. They are a MLR podcast. Um, out of my respect for their um, gig, I am affectionately calling this the WolfPod Q-tip because um, I'm just sifting through and getting um, what the WolfPod definitely wants to hear, which is uh, things they have to say about the Seawolves. So... Um, let's get started. Um, I, I'll try to do my best here to say this is what they said, and then this is what I think. Um, and I'll mostly just be focusing on what they said, um, but what I think is can just come later. Um, so the Sea Wolves run. Uh, they 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 basically said that they respect you know the the Sea Wolves and the attack that they run. Um, They called it a bi-level pod system, which I've never heard of, um, which they said is relatively complicated. This and this is their this is in their week four review, which I think was uh, episode thirty six. They described our win over Nola as a nail biter, uh, which was thirty one twenty nine. That's definitely a nail biting score. They said it was a very tough match and. Um, in a conversation with Coach Osborne on the NOLA side, um, hammered in the point that they blew an opportunity, so NOLA blew the opportunity, um, and that the boys knew it, but um, Coach Osborne was relatively happy, happy with their performance in the last quarter, so the last 20 minutes or post, post-water break. Um, happy how they were able to fight back, weren't playing flat when the Seawolves stepped on um, their next... Uh, uh, my notes were a little scrambled since I was trying to record their their speech. Um, there were there were a couple of errors, but otherwise uh, it was pretty close for Nola. Um, Nola had a shot. It was very disappointing. At the end, they were close. Um, again, that's their words. In the last ten minutes before Seattle went on their run, um, they were doing pretty well. Nola needs to find a kicker with Elof injured. Um, which is just pretty rough, the kicking. Um, they said the word on the street is that there's a well-known professional midfielder, um, but that, that might be uh, coming on uh, as a replacement for, I guess, Elof. Um, but they perused Instagram and couldn't find like a recognizable face hanging out in NOLA. Um, definitely would love to know. You can email admin at seawolfpod.com if you know who that is. 
Um, so there were definitely, they said there were definitely some handling errors, which just didn't allow Nola to score early. Uh, Ratu Rinakama, uh, scored after the scrum penalty. That was a good play. And they noted that Matt Turner and Matt Houston both put their names on the score sheet, which is really impressive. Um, the conclusion they made is that Nola should have won the game had things been different. Um, they were in a position to win. They had the advantage in the first half with missed kicks and didn't convert their opportunities towards points. Handling errors plagued everyone, except that when you had the ability to score like 21 or possibly even 24 points and you somehow left the opposition, you know, get within five because it's like 15, 10 at the half and what the heck is going on? Um, So um, they came out and this is, again, EOD's words, uh, Rosalika at 42 minutes, put in a try off the assist from Suniula. Um, Utah Warriors, in terms of this upcoming match, um, their, the EOD says that their attack is not good enough to sustain um, to sustain themselves against a good team. So um, the next time they play Seattle, they're just going to get crunched. Um, individual talent only gets you so far, whereas everything is built around the team um, with teams like Houston and NOLA. Um, they said Seattle broke away from it. Nice to see them do that and go with individual scoring. So they're saying nice to see Seattle breaking away from like team scoring, such as um, penalty tries. Um, even though Seattle's only played three matches, the first team um, or the first, the first uh, match or two had tries coming from players, um, not you know by way of penalty try, not individual. I had that wrong. They were saying that our player tries came in this last match against Enola, whereas it was team tries in the in the former mostly. Um, and th- they've talked. Oops, there goes my phone. Uh, maybe it's EOD calling. Oh, um, so they they keep talking about the pod system and how it's going to facilitate more individual brilliance um, than the attacks that Nola and Houston are running. Um, if Houston and Nola recycle the ball fast enough, their backs won't matter. Um, it, it won't matter. They'll still get ind- individual brilliance from good phase play. Whereas the situational difference with Seattle is if your scrum half is off, you're kind of screwed, which we've seen. Again, they, they're saying they've seen that. And then same with your fly half for Taylor Howden. Um, I mean, he played his center against, um, against the Seawolves for Nola. Uh, EOD said that was a bad decision. He's not a kicking fly half. He's an old silver fox. His defense just isn't there. So as a liability on defense, just play 10, not center, where you're supposed to truck people. Um, that yellow card at the end, it's like it was frustration on his part. Um, someone at EOD said they would have given him a red card, um, but the ball was, was gone, um, had enough time to stop himself dead, and probably would have still hit Peter Smith, the fly half. Um, and it just wouldn't have been what it was if he had tried to slow down, so it was definitely a cheap shot. Um, the, the ref, Corbier, they said was just being nice um, and you know just wanted to get out of there, basically, and make it a yellow card, kind of like, let's just go home. Um, they talked about John Goodman, uh, showing up at the match. So if you didn't know he was there and if you don't know who John Goodman is, just go look him up. Uh, he's an actor and he lives in NOLA. Uh, wish that that had gone out more on TV just because like that's, you know, um, it was, it was going out locally on TV, but that's the sort of thing that if it was on national TV, people would, um, you know, maybe give it a, 
a couple extra seconds at least to watch. Um, they were joking that they hoped to see some kind of MLR shout out on Roseanne. Um, they also addressed the field conditions. So this was interesting. Um, so the, the field they said seemed a little rough, a little patchy at times. Um, I guess prior to the stands going in, the pitch was fine. Um, they have a picture of it looking nice, but then the cranes came in and teared out turf. Um, it was ruined when installing the stands was never designed as a football only pitch. Um, you know, they tore out the field. It used to be a practice football field with a dirt track for the Shaw High School track team to practice on, yanked it out, put on new sod. Um, it was nice before they had to put the stands in. So uh, EOD noted that the quality of the field had actually gone down in preparation for MLR. Uh, they had some issues with construction, and when the field gets used a lot, it just kind of sucks. Um, let's see. So similar to... Um, what they've seen with other teams, they were really impressed with the fan engagement from NOLA, um, who had their own pep band at the game. Uh, and they wrote songs, which has to be a first. Again, I, I talked about this. I think we should definitely get some Seawolves songs going. Um, they, uh, EOD even brought up the, the, the song sheet. So um, I guess I think Glendale might have a band, which they mentioned. But on the sheet, there was uh, Keep Calm and Carry On with a K. Uh, that's Sebastian Calm, their number eight. Um, there's a song for their open side flanker, Matt Houston, which is Achy Breaky Heart. He's got a stash. He's got a mullet. I just don't think you understand. He's going to get her done. His name is Matt Houston. We've got a heartbreaker, number seven. Um, nobody really saw the rhyme in this. Uh, and then there's a Houghton song. He makes it look easy because he's a Kiwi. And then No One to Hold Him from Kenny Rogers, which is for the scrum half, Holden Youngert. Got to know when to hold him, know when to run. Um, if you have a full picture of the song sheet, please send it to admin at seawolfpod.com. Um, really cool to see Nola getting that uh, engagement to build the fan base. Um, they mentioned that every team in the league, so including Seattle, absolutely needs to stop doing this. They've seen it too often, which is contest the lineout against San Diego Legion. Um, so it, really what they were saying is every team needs to watch what's going on in the lineout against San Diego, needs to... I'm not sure if they're saying stop contesting the lineout or um, they're saying every team needs to contest the lineout, but basically they're saying that you're going to pay and that um, SDL has been dominant there in that regard with the um, with the lineout. Um, they've said that nobody's been blown out by Glendale, so that's saying that you know Seattle wasn't blown out. Um, talent is pretty well distributed across the league which is good to see in mlr um they mentioned that humidity slowed down everyone in nola that really affected the scrummaging um why is humidity affecting the scrums no idea what's the deal with that this is a seawolf pot aside here it's scrumming's hard um and doing that for 70 minutes like um our prop khalifi did is a lot and you know he's a usa eagle for a reason because he can do that 70 minutes in the heat um i think it's pretty obvious why that's um gonna affect people 
Um, they said that there's a standout game every week that's better than the other two. So um, they noted that this last weekend, the Legion Raptors game was better than the Seattle game and set the standard for the league. Um, definitely room for disagreement here, but uh, moving on. So they said that handling errors this last weekend in MLR, it's like somebody buttered up those balls before every game. Um, they were wondering if the newness of the players week in, week out, or unusual weather conditions was affecting that. Um, they brought up the Champions Cup final between Leinster and Racing 92 um, and comparing the, the handling skills from the Champions Cup to um, MLR games. And you just see the difference in handling, um, which just was lacking this last weekend in MLR. They said altitude and weather affects players going to Denver. It'll affect players, too, in Salt Lake because that's about just as high. Um, And then, I mean, I think the humidity definitely affected. Seawolf Pod thinks the humidity affected something. But back to uh, Q-tipping EOD here. So um, these players haven't ever been asked to play at this level of fitness is something that they noted. Um, in relation to the handling errors. So sure, there's some National Sevens players, they said, um, from Fiji and across Europe, where 80 to 90% of these rosters just haven't been asked to play at this level of intensity and physicality. That, they said, is why you're seeing these errors. Um, They said something along the lines of, all the fish in the small pond have to swim with the fish and not get eaten by the shark. Um, It'll clean up, but it's going to be ugly, they noted. Um, They also said that Something to be said for teams um, trying to put on something fans can watch and be excited about could be affecting the handling errors. There's sort of a pressure to play fast and flashy to appeal to an audience that's used to great and exciting sports. There's just no way of knowing if this is speculation, um, in my opinion. Um, And, I mean, they they said that too. Um, Teams at high speed are just simply making handling errors. so they talked about Gary Gold, too, um, who's going to be coaching uh, the prop, Khalifi, for the Eagles. They're, they're kind of wondering, what's he thinking about MLR and the quality of play? And, um, you know, how is the, the quality of MLR going to lend to what we see from the Eagles? And are they sort of trying to line those things up? So EOD said, we've played wide open rugby under Gary Gold so far, the coach for the USA Men's Eagles 15s. Um, and... You know, for for our Eagles, are they going to play wide, open, fast, or big? Um, those are the kinds of things you'll need to see in your game plan um, that, you know, facilitate accepting players. Children learn in New Zealand to play the same way as the All Blacks growing up um, is sort of what was said, but they think that's not true. It's just um, some things are the same, and 70% of what they need to learn to play like an All Black, they'll know by 10 years old in New Zealand. Um, which is just, you know, beautiful consistency, building a pipeline straight up to the year they mentioned, um, straight up to the top level. So, um, but that country has less people than New York City, so it's a little different. Um, And then they went ahead, EOD um, did, they reviewed their predictions. So um, one of them was close with Seattle. Um, They thought it was going to be, uh, Seattle over NOLA by one point. And then um, one of them had NOLA winning minus two against Seattle. Um, 
one of them didn't make a statement, and then um, one of them had guessed that Seattle would win by two converted tries, uh, which was their farthest off prediction, um, but definitely optimistic about the Seawolves. Um, so now a little Seawolf pod clip here from me. So my prediction was um, 20 to 31, and I'd say that shows that I might be right about what I say about the Seawolves. Um, but, you know, things I say about NOLA or another team, unsurprisingly, might be less likely to be right since I don't follow them as like uh, as closely like the Seawolves. And, um, you know, 31, my prediction for Seawolves ended up being true. So EOD made some predictions about um, Seattle versus Utah this weekend. Um, one of them has Seattle winning by 15. Um should be noted there's only two games this week and um yeah so they they one of them said Seattle's going to win by 15 um one of them said that Seattle's going to win by one converted try um offensively just haven't scored a ton of stuff on their own except this weekend um but Utah Warriors will not have a fun time in the loudest stadium in MLR and the only stadium that's been sold out consecutively the rest of the season. They made a note here on seating just in between um, predictions that um, Starfire added 100 actual seats, increased the capacity to 3,600, and sold 190 um, standing room onlys, um, tried to get authorization or trying to get authorization authorization. <laughs> excuse me, for more standing room only tickets, maybe 200 more, um, get close. They want to get close to 4,000. Um, there's no way the tickets are, or they were just saying it's definitely going to get to 4k even, and that's pretty awesome. Um, they won't expand this year, but they're planning to get to, um, to more in the future. It was a whole year long process for them to get to 7k for club national sevens. Um, 3,500 plus standing room only is pretty good. Um, maybe they'll just get a new venue, but, um, they're, they're all in agreement about this Seattle game that Seattle's going to handle it pretty well. Um, so just had to go on that tangent there, just giving you piece by piece what they had on the Seawolves, um, as it came forth. So back to their predictions for this weekend, it was... Um, Seattle winning by 15, Seattle winning by seven, Seattle winning by five, Seattle winning by 13, um, and Seattle winning by 14. Um, they mentioned that, um, Seawolves had two signings from Seattle Saracens and that's Sequoia and Van Harns, um, who we've seen. And then they noted too, that Mike Palafau, who left to take care of family issues is now a Utah warrior. So I guess we'll see him Sunday. Um, played a lot against Austin Elite, was a difference maker for them. Um, anything else here? Well, uh, they mentioned, this is kind of cool for for you to know, is uh, they mentioned that D.C. is coming into the league. Washington, D.C. is going to get a team, which is pretty exciting. Um they talked about whether MLR is going to strengthen USA Rugby. Um, they said that the best scrum half isn't um, Phil Mack. I just think that's interesting because uh, the first week they named Seattle as the um, t- 
team of the week with Phil Mack as player of the week. Um, and I think, you know, Phil Mack's done pretty well. I, I'm not disagreeing, but they uh, would be interesting to hear where they think Phil Mack ranks. Um, and then they said that Holden Youngert, the scrum half we, we faced, uh, likes to fight, but uh, didn't get sent off in that match because he wasn't doing anything extracurricular. Um, in terms of international players in MLR, they mentioned that um, our Seawolves have a strong contingent from Rugby Canada, and we're going to struggle to fill holes when they go um, play for Canada. In total, our seven international players, we have six Canadians and one American, so that means they're going to go on to play the international tests in June. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, for teams Glendale, San Diego, and Seattle, because we have the most internationals, whereas the other teams have like one or two. So that is uh, that's WolfPod Q-tip of EOD for you. Um, hope I cleaned things out so you could just get the Seattle news if that's what you wanted. If you watch, uh, you know their YouTube streams or their podcasts, that's great. Uh, there's there's other good stuff there if you want more um, of what they offer on their MLR coverage, but that's just the Seawolf stuff. So thanks for tuning in to your PM hunt. Um, looking forward to a pretty fun weekend. I am planning to do a live podcast tomorrow, um, at 6 PM at postdoc brewing. That is the official partner of Seattle Seawolves. And I will have a former, Eagle, major supporter of the Seawolves, Tony Ridnell there with me. Um, so it's going to be live at Postdoc Brewing, and we'll go over um, kind of what we've seen from the Seawolves this season and what to expect this weekend. Uh, there may be a player appearance there. I don't know who the player is. Um, won't be interviewed, but we'll be hanging out around Postdoc Brewing. Um, what else this weekend? I'm going to be a color commentator for the Oregon High School Boys Championship. That's pretty rad. Um, got that opportunity through my friends at Oregon Sports Union or the Orsu Jesters, uh, my club. And what else? We got a Seawolves game on Sunday. Um, I'm going to hold back on my predictions. Um, as you can tell from, you know, like the pretty uh, smart group of podcasters over at Earful of Dirt, a.k.a. EOD, they think Seattle's going to win um, just like all of us, um, they've been wrong in the past and, um, you know, Utah's a good team. I won't give you my prediction now, but I will say that, um, both teams have good defense and one team has better offense, which I don't even think I have to say who that is. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to the PM hunt. For today, uh, Thursday, May 17th, 2018. I'll be getting back to you with some more podcast coverage. I was going to mention that that live podcast tomorrow will be something I edit after it's live um, as an event. It's not going to be live like broadcast unless somebody comes through and does that. Um, just because we want to focus on the experience there for everybody at postdoc um and then i'll just give you sort of the best snippets um edited into uh, a podcast recap um in case you're not there but wanted to catch up um but i do hope you go because um postdoc brewing is supposed to be really great i haven't even been there yet but um you know they reached out to me about doing this podcast and i'm just super grateful to go do it and support the uh the seattle seawolves so um yeah i'm just repeating myself now this is a fun 
outro. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, stay tuned on uh, Instagram, social media for Seawolf Pod. I'm doing a uh, prize giveaway. You can get your one piece of favorite Seattle Seawolves merchandise that you don't have if you correctly predict the score in the comments on a post that's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, all you have to do is just go find it and comment. Um, so that's it. Thanks, Wolfpot. I'm signing off. Um, what's my sign off again? Oh yeah. It's, uh, you know, the deal hunt together, pot alone and go see wolves.